LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, an intriguing question, a tough question. We're not even sure we're going to be able to answer this question today. That's how difficult this one could be. But let me ask you this. When do you know when it's time to go, when it's time to leave a church, when it's time to leave a ministry. Um, I've transitioned in ministry, I would say, quite a few times. I've actually had 23 different jobs in my lifetime, by the way. I did the math. I did the math recently. It's all started at a Hardee's back when I was 15 years old. Wow, that's your problem. That, that's where it went south right there. That, <laughs> and then only went downhill from there. Wow. Hey, that, that hot ham and cheese. I like cheese, Hardee's, though. though that actually. hot ham and cheese at Hardee's is hard to beat. Can't beat that, yeah. Unless you get it for free, in which case you get kind of sick of it. But anyway, so how do you know when it's time to leave? And at some point in this podcast, I've got to, I've got to share an embarrassing way that I left working at Wendy's. Hardy's to Wendy's. Wendy's. Okay. Well, no, I went Hardy's to Rufino's to Coy's to Tide. But anyway, moving on. But Wendy, when I left Wendy's, <laughs> I, I did so in a bad way. Okay. Let's let's save that for the. We're going to save that That's for later. That's a great. But more impo- far more important. Right. How do you know when to leave a ministry assignment? Because if you if you're like me, you feel like God calls you to each assignment you have. And I would say that's true even in the in the non-ministry world. I mean, hopefully, whatever job it is you have, whatever it is you're doing, to, uh, you're pursuing what Christ has called you to do in any environment, right. in any role, right. um, because we're all to be ministers wherever we're at. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll have guys ask me, man, I'm, I'm thinking about getting ministry, I'm feeling called to ministry, and that's great, pursue it. But I also want to remind them that God can use you in a powerful way right where you're at, maybe even, even in a bigger way because of the impact you have on those around you. Right. So don't discount that as not being ministry. Because it absolutely is. But let's talk about why and how do you know when it's time to leave a ministry? Okay, let's first of all define what, what, what it means to be called to ministry. Because the reality is every Christian is called to ministry, in a sense. Yes. Every Christian is called to. You may not be called to vocational ministry right. where you're full-time uh, and your employer is a church, you know, where you're employed by church. But the reality is we're all called to ministry, okay? Equip the saints. He didn't say equip the pastoral staff for the work of ministry. He said equip the saints. Saints is another word. It's not the New Orleans saints, which I'm a big fan of, but it's actually the saints they of God. They have been equipped pretty well of late, though. We got robbed last year, but I'm not bitter about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, chance I don't think we've heard you say that yet. Oh, yeah, I'm very, still sick about it. But anyway, uh, the saints of, of ministry, the Christians, you know, equip the Christians for the work of ministry. So everybody's called to an area of ministry. What, first of all, you have to discern is God calling you to full-time vocational ministry. And some people say, man, that's great. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a preacher. I want to be an evangelist. Great. Well, here's what that comes with. That comes with the James 3.1 warning. Be careful to be teachers of the law. Because if you do, you're going to be judged at a stricter standard. What that means is, I think, is that when everyone goes to heaven, obviously God's going to scrutinize and question and determine the works we've done 
and determine dominion in heaven and authority and, and what we get to do in heaven. But I think there's a special section for ministers and pastors who are representing Christ publicly to the world. Okay, Because what happens is when you're a pastor or ministry, you become the example in a sense, for what a Christian should be like. You become an example of Christ to the world. People look at you as a role model and say, that's why I think, I mean, I'm not God, but guys who are pastors who then fall in ministry and drag the name of Christ through the mud. Granted, will God forgive? Yes. Can they be reinstated in ministry? Yes. But God knows, only God knows what's going to happen when they have to give an account for how they drug the name of Christ through the mud. Okay, mm. it's another podcast maybe for another day. Enjoy that little nugget of truth. Yeah, right. So, okay, <laughs> we're not talking about that. But there is a stricter standard of scrutiny by the Lord according to Scripture. Now, and we know that from guys like Moses. Well, how did Moses mess up one time in Numbers 20? I mean, the guy puts up with questioning and backbiting and negativity and complaining, and people questioning his authority. Are you called by God? I mean, Moses weathered all of those storms. And God, really? One time the man takes a stick and smacks a rock, and you're like, nope, you're out. Really? But it shows us the man of God or the woman of God who's called to the ministry of God is held to a higher standard. Okay? So that's the first thing. But the question is this. How do you know when it's time to leave this ministry assignment that God's called you to. The first thing is you got to get out of this mindset that you're trying to look at ministry as a stepping stone to get ahead. Sadly, golly, sadly, I went to seminary with guys like this. I have friends, sadly, like this, where the moment they, and I'm not making this up, the moment they go to a new church, their resume is already out for the next church. (laughs) That doesn't seem right. I'm not making this up. I mean, spend at least a month there, right? <laughs> at least in <laughs> at least your mind. At least in your mind, spend right. a month there, right? The problem is they have looked at ministry opportunities as a thoroughfare or a pathway to a bigger opportunity. And I'm going to tell you right now, and if that's you, with all due respect, God is not going to bless that. Right. He will not bless that. I'm just telling you right now. He's not going to bless that. And sadly, we see many people we know who just can't get ahead. I got friends right now. I got one friend in particular. Uh, he went to a church staff. He was looking for another place to go. He, he grew the church by, by declining by 250 people. The church grew from 400 to about 150. Oh, that's not the right direction. <laughs> no, that's not the right direction. So then he says it's the, it's the context. If I just had another opportunity and I could start fresh, he goes to another church in a new city. That church grew from 350 to about 180. You see a trend here. But then again, he said, the problem is I can't get the staff involved. Nobody supports me. The people are not behind me. It's never your fault. Right. If I get another opportunity. (laughs) So he goes to another church now. Goes to this church, and God knows what's going to happen here. But if the past predicts the future, we see the problem here. First of all, when God calls you to a place, God doesn't, listen, God doesn't call us to a church, so to speak. God calls you to a city. Okay, God calls you to a community. You're not called to be the pastor of the first church of blank or the new life fellowship of blank. You're called to pastor a community of people and you're called to impact the city. And I think when I started to understand that, Chris, like I'm not the pastor just of Long Hollow Baptist Church, although I'm the pastor of the church. 
I'm the pastor for the community of Sumner County. God's called us here at Long Hollow to be a light to this community. And when you look at your role as the pastor of the community, you have more roots dug deep in the ground than just fair weather, you know, casual passing through kind of transient mentality. Could it be the CEO type leadership the church stepped into in the uh, really 70s and 80s big time, and that approach of, hey, as the lead pastor, you're a CEO of this organization. Uh, your metrics for success are giving and attendance and baptism numbers, and when those things are looking good, you're running a great organization as a CEO, so you go find an, another organization that's larger that you can lead, or you grow yours to that point, and that's how success is gauged. So is it any wonder why some of the leaders that we have today don't look at it and say, okay, my goal is to find a small church, and then when I've been there successfully for a period of time, to go to a medium-sized church, and when I've been there for a, a series or a period of time, to go to a, you know, hopefully it's one day, a mega church. Right. And we've talked about that before, how the mega church sadly is the goal versus discipling and leading the people. And sadly, if the mega church model is the goal, like your your end goal in life, you're going to be successful when you pastor a mega church, that works 1% of the time. of the people listening, 99% of pastors in the world, by those metrics, are failures if the goal is to pastor a megachurch, which we're here to say that's not the goal. The goal is not to pastor a mega ministry. The goal is to be faithful where you are. Fruitful. Here's the adage. Fruitfulness is a result of faithfulness. Okay, so if you want to have fruit in your ministry, and that's what Christ says, you want to determine the health of something, the the health of something will, a seed will go in the ground, Mark 4, and it will yield 30, 60, 100 fold. It's going to lead to something of fruitfulness. But the way you're fruitful in ministry is by being faithful to God. The problem is we try to subvert the process and go straight to fruitfulness and we bypass our faithfulness to God. Here's, Here's the caution. The caution is this. The challenge for many people listening is there is a great lure of falling in love with the ministry of Jesus and out of, lo- out of love with the Jesus of our ministry. We can have a love affair with the things that come with ministry, right? The fact that people call you pastor, the fact that you get to speak to a large group of people, the fact that people listen to what you're saying, the, pa- the fact that people come to you for counsel. There's a great lure that comes, there's a, an allure that comes with that, if you will. And the problem is this, we can fall in love with the ministry benefits of following Jesus, and sadly, we can fall out of love with the Jesus of our ministry. Well, let's go to a quick break and we will be right back with some answers on the other side as to when it is time to leave. Have you been looking for a way to train your church to make disciples? Our team here at Replicate, Robbie Gallaty, Candy Gallaty, Tim LaFleur, Gus Hernandez, and myself, Chris Swain, have put together a digital discipleship blueprint. We've taken our live event that thousands have attended, thousands have been impacted by, and we put it together so that you can get it and watch from the comfort of your own church and show this to your people and use it as a training tool. You will learn how to plan, formulate, and develop a disciple-making culture in your church and its ministries. You can check it out at replicate.org slash buy blueprint, B-U-Y blueprint, replicate.org slash buy blueprint if you'd like to check out the digital discipleship blueprint. What guides your core beliefs? Are they founded upon solid truth or are they based on others' opinions or your own emotions? 
What you believe about your purpose and value affects almost every area of your life. This is the premise of the new film Overcomer in theaters August 23rd. It's the latest from the Kendrick Brothers, makers of Courageous, War Room, and others. This movie has inspired the creation of several resources. For small groups, there's the Overcomer Bible Study. For individuals, there's a book called Defined. Both are based upon powerful insights from the book of Ephesians. Learn more about all the resources at lifeway.com slash overcomer. And we're back. Before we jump into some key reasons that it, that we should possibly take that next assignment, so to speak, and to do so well, uh, I once worked at Wendy's for yes. a, a period of time, maybe a year or two. How I was that? Did you drink a lot of Frosties? I did. Frosties and French fries, combination. Ooh, did if you've you never done it. French fries in the Frosties. Yeah, I, yeah I if figured. you've never done it, give it a try. I don't recommend it for the weight loss crowd. Right. Um, I think it's 100% fat, but boy, is it good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so when I left Wendy's, instead of doing the right thing, giving them two weeks notice, I left a message on my answering machine. Hey, this is the the Swain household. Leave a message. And if you're calling from Wendy's, I will not be coming back in. I quit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I wish I was. Like you didn't even I call them. Didn't even let you them waited out. for them I was to call out. you. Like Chris, hey, somebody called Chris. He's scheduled to work today. <laughs> As an immature teenager, uh, you know, after write it off as immaturity, right. uh, do not leave that way. No wow. matter what age you are. Wow. So you shouldn't leave a church that way either. <laughs> you should absolutely. If you're calling for Wednesday night <laughs> services, I will not be <laughs> showing up. Anymore. And if you're wondering about preach on Sunday, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, you find you another <laughs> no, preacher. Do wow. not do it that way. Okay. So wh- when is it? When is it right to leave? Okay. When is it right to leave? This is a, it's a great question because I think it's contextual. Here's what I've taught. And, and listen, I have lovingly helped staff members on staff at mm-hmm. places I've come into mm-hmm. uh, pray through when is it time to stay or go. And here's what I've found. Number one is this. If you are not supportive and you're not sold out to the vision and mission of the direction of your church and you're not living it and, and behind it. Now, I'm not saying you're going to agree with everything the pastor, right. you know, the, the direction of the pastor. But Let's I'm go saying ahead and say you're never going to do that. You're never going to. Yeah, you're never going to agree. I mean, I've got staff members that on staff now that don't agree with everything theologically. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're we're on the same page with most things, the vision and mission of a church. But what I'm saying is, if you can't get behind, if you're not waking up every day and saying, "Man, I'm ready to move the ball down the field with this team," and you have a different vision and a different mission, then it's probably time you pray about moving on. Here's why: when you don't love your work, it becomes a job. When you love what you do, it never becomes a job. You love what you do, okay? And as a team and as a church staff, you grow as 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 strong as the weakest link. We had a guy on a staff, not going to mention the church, we had a guy on the staff who every time we'd come in and talk about making disciples, investing in our people, moving beyond decisions to disciple making, moving beyond conversion and counting numbers and baptizing people for the sake of convention, uh, statistics and moving people through a pathway for spiritual growth. This guy, every staff meeting with 20 people in the room would say, I don't know about all that. You know, it's all about, we need to win more people. At G- we need to reach more people. And I would say, I agree with you, but I don't want to stop there, brother. I don't want to end there. Baptism's not the finish line. It's the starting line. Well, it became apparent to everybody in the room that this guy was going a different direction. And he not only was not going with us, he was going against us. He was sabotaging behind the scenes. Then I found out 
that this guy was then calling previous staff members to talk about us behind the scenes, which, start, as, you, as you know, that started kind of a ripple effect outside the church that I had to deal with. But I got with this brother and I said, hey, listen, and he was a friend of mine. I said, brother, listen, I love you. Uh, I care about you. You're in my life group. We, we like hanging out with you. But obviously, you're not supportive of the vision and mission of this church. There is a church, I guarantee, out there that will align with your vision. Now, here's what happened. A few years later, uh, after that, he finds a church, or he actually finds a church immediately, but we find out a few years later, he's at a great place, he's thriving, he just got a promotion, he's doing great, okay? It's better for you to be a leader and to lead through making tough calls to help people see that this is not the right fit for them than to allow them to stay in a position. Now, here's the flip side, because that's not what normally happens. What normally happens is you're listening now and you're getting pulled away to a bigger context. You're getting pulled away to a more attractive ministry. You're getting pulled away to a more mega opportunity. You need to do some deep soul work. And you need to ask yourself a couple questions honestly in silence and in solitude away from anyone. Don't, don't seek counsel from people. Seek counsel from God. And you need to ask your own self this, these questions. Why am I so drawn to a bigger ministry? Why do I want to preach to more people? Why do I want to go to this new context? And what you'll find is, and I've asked myself some of these tough questions, what you'll find at times is it's not, well, I want to advance, I want to reach more people. Okay, ask, well, why? A great way to do this is you just keep asking why. I want to reach more people, why? Because I, I want to make more of an impact, why? Because I want a bigger audience, why? Because I want more people to like me. Uh-oh. Now we're starting to get somewhere. You see what I'm saying? Now we're starting to get somewhere. And here's what I'm telling you. If you go to a church for the wrong reasons, then that context will not be better than the context you're in. Tim LaFord told me years ago, and I've said this before in the podcast, he said the reason the grass is greener on the other side of the fence is because there's more poop there. Now, I don't know, Dylan, any better way to say it. but I don't know if that's biblical, but it does sound right. I don't know if it's biblical. <laughs> But the reality is they have more problems there. So just because something looks good on the outside doesn't actually mean it, it's gold. Well, it, and one resource that I can highly recommend is a book called A Tale of Three Kings. And in this book, it, it, all it deals with is how you as a staff member uh, respond to leadership and how you as a staff member are a leader. And it, it kind of just covers the, the three different leaders here. You've got Absalom, you've got David, and 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 Saul and what you and what you're trying to do is you're trying to look at these leaders and say which kind of leader am I? And obviously you want to be like David. He took a beating and he didn't throw stones back. Yeah. He didn't attack back. Um, you want to avoid being the other types of leader that you know are are, are different. But it also it, it begs this question: How long do I stay somewhere when I know I'm going through difficult? You know the leaders clearly maybe they're doing things that are wrong. Maybe they're not doing things wrong. But whatever it is, you're not. You're not seeing eye to eye, and you're thinking, man, God called me here. I know I'm supposed to be here. When is it okay for me to go ahead and leave? Because I think you're right. Most of the time, it's as soon as that new opportunity comes along, we, we feel the pull of that, and maybe we jump in too quickly because we want bigger and better. But sometimes you have these leaders out here who are like, you know, I, I, I want to leave, but I want to leave right and maybe I'm dealing with issues because God has me going through some things to develop me 
and and build me into who he wants me to be. All right, let me tell you a couple a couple of things, and I can't prove this, uh, but I can prove this anecdotally. Uh, most leaders will face their first test at twelve months. The honeymoon's over. The first test comes at twelve months. The second test of your leadership will come from eighteen to twenty-four months. That's the one that catches people off guard because you've been there a year and a half, two years. You think, man, everybody supports me as pastor. That's why it takes three to five years before they call you pastor and not preacher. The first three years, you're the preacher. Year five, you become the pastor. So here's the thing I want you to think about. Before you leave, this is what you have to realize. God is never in a rush to do a work in your life, in the church's life. Some people leave right before God does a revival. And so many ministries... Uh, opportunities are missed because so many great revivals are missed, I believe, in ministry because people leave when times get tough. God has you there for a reason. And this is why your call to your church has to be as strong as your call to ministry. And so you need to think, is God calling me here? And if he's called me here, when times get tough, I'm not ready to leave. I'm ready to dig in and stay for God, to see God work, not only in their life, but but in your life. You got to realize, before God could do a deep work through you, God's got to do a deep work on you. And maybe the reason times are tough is because God's doing a deep work on you, and then God's going to work through you for his glory. As a reminder, we are members of the LifeWay Podcast Leadership Podcast Network, and one of our co-partners in this ministry is Mr. Tom Rayner who has an amazing podcast called Rainer on Leadership. He's a Dr. Tom Rainer. It is Dr. Tom Rainer, but I like to call him Mr. He's Dr. like a Mr. friend. Yeah, he's a friend. Dr. Mr. Tom Rainer, Professor Dr. Tom. <laughs> he's got it all. I mean, he's really got it all. He's had every title, I believe. He does. President, uh, doctor, <laughs> professor. But his podcast is really good. He's had a podcast for a long time, and it's still going strong, and it's still awesome. Uh, titles like Seven Habits of Highly Effective Preachers, Eight Church Fights That Are Fading, Four Thoughts on... I mean, I want to hear these right now. Great topics. If you want to, check it out. Rainer on Leadership on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.